0: Welcome to Peeling the Onion podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real
1: conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win-lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion.
0: Hi, guys. Welcome to Peeling the Onion it's just Nancy here. I want to preface this episode by telling you that I need you to trust me when I say that eating the organs of animals is definitely not something I've ever been super comfortable with. And in my discomfort, I've avoided them. They seemed like such a mystery to me. I mean, l- let me tell you, I've gone through. All of the, you know, Wes and A Price Foundation tutorials, and I've read the books and I hear the testimonies and I understand the nutrition and the nutrient density that's provided in them. But I am realizing just how culturally programmed I am and how unaccustomed I am to eating these types of meats. So today, Cheryl and I talked to Chef James Berry. He is an expert in eating organ meat. In fact, he's so much an expert and so much an advocate that he's created kind of a gateway product that is called Pluck. You can check out his products at eatpluck.com if you want to jump there now to kind of get a sense for what we're talking about. But we're talking about seasoning with Five primary organ meats that have been freeze dried to sort of train your palate, and we'll get into, we will get into all of this in great depth. But just know that we will be talking a, quite a bit about consuming animals and consuming the whole animal and what is called nose to tail. So, if this is a sensitive topic for you or someone that is in the room with you, you might just want to. Put on some headphones or skip it all together, uh, but in the meantime, I want you to know a little bit more about James. So he's got sixteen plus years in the culinary field because he started as a private chef, cooking first for celebs such as Tom Cruise, George Clooney, Gerard Butler, Barbara Streisand, and John Cusack. Oh my gosh, John Cusack! Most recently, James launched his first functional food product, which is Pluck, uh, which he calls a quote unquote an organ-based seasoning. It is the first of its kind and an an amazingly easy and delicious way for people to get organ meats into their diet. Now, Cheryl swears by it. I haven't tried it. And as you'll hear in our episode, I have a date scheduled with Cheryl to eat some chicken hearts and season them with some pluck. So anyway, stay, stay tuned for how that goes. And please join us for our next episode with Chef James Berry. Enjoy.
1: Today on Peeling the Onion Podcast, we have James Berry. I'm super excited. James is a chef. Um, James and I met at Polyface Farm a few years ago, um, Weston A. Price Foundation, but also really bonded over our love of opal and liver and hearts and brains and all the things that we usually go black and throw away and discard um so James, welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me, Cheryl, and it's great to meet you, Nancy. Yes,
1: yeah, same, James. Thanks for being
0: here. I'm excited to pick your brain, your your chef brain. <laughs> no pun so, intended. I know. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, James, you know, I have to say I, I'm i not a total opposite side of the spectrum, but I really do struggle with organ meat, and I've tried. I mean, I'm I'm a Let's call me a dark meat girl. I certainly love all sorts of cuts of various cuts of beef and pork, but it's pretty mainstream, I'll be honest. And I've tried liver. I mean, I was in a really fine dining Russian establishment in Brooklyn and literally spit it out in my napkin politely because it tastes. I had this beautiful pate on the plate and... um it tasted like wet cat food to me. So, um, we're 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 so excited to have you because you are helping to make organ meat palatable through your products called Pluck, or your products uh, like under the brand Pluck. And we want to hear, you know, the metamorphosis for Pluck. I want to, you know, I want to understand your journey as a chef and getting to this point. Um, will you fill us all in on,
2: yeah, how you got here? <laughs> Well, I want to start and say I am not that different from you. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't love, like, uh, I don't love organ meat. I don't, uh, well, I think I actually would love it more now, but mm-hmm. I didn't grow up eating it. Um, right. I, huh. I definitely did not have a taste for it. But what, why I am focusing on organ meats is really that to me is the story is that I believe we need to focus on it. I believe that, you know, we are a nutrient efficient society. And it's kind of scary how nutrient deficient we are. It's something like 95% of Americans are nutrient deficient. Right, yeah. And we know that we're not calorie deficient. No. Right, because we're <laughs> no. a very, we're also an obese, you know, an overweight country. So that mm. tells you everything. It's like, okay, the food choices we're making are not not working for us. Right. And and so as a chef and as someone who really is, I'm on a mission to help people with their health. Um, I'm not just trying to profit. I mean, that's really important distinction is, I feel like the health field, particularly trends, mm-hmm. most of the time what you see is you'll see a diet happen like keto or or mm. something will become trendy. Paleo. And, and I notice on the open market, what happens? Well, when you see paleo or keto come out, and even it's happening a little bit to carnivore, and you would be like, Well, how is that even possible with carnivore? But it's happening, mm-hmm. which is what is the what is the the focus? That happens in the marketplace. Like, what are the first products that come out with that title, keto or paleo? And normally it's desserts. Mm. So it's like typically what happens is the market starts to look for how do we now take uh, human addictions and make them marketable? Mm -hmm. You know, and so now we just need to market it within this framework, which is now keto, whatever it is. And it's like, I'm like, I'm so sick of that i'm just mm-hmm. like i i really i love star trek for <laughs> the fact that that society in star trek exists mm-hmm. to support the betterment of that society mm. and our society does not do that it's like our society exists for the betterment or for the profit of the current society right and and i am um, and that disgusts me and i and i really so i'm all i truly do like i want to create products that will move your health needle, mm-hmm. and do it in a way that's not only effective but natural. Like that, we're I'm doing it from Whole Foods. It's not a laboratory made product. It's like I'm just taking, I'm taking a modern technique of preservation, which is freeze drying. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I'm then taking that and I'm combining it with organic spices and herbs, because for my money, organ meats are the most nutrient dense food. On the planet, hands down, our ancestors, and when I say ancestors, I'm not talking our Paleolithic ancestors, I'm talking our grandparents. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to go that far back to notice that they were eating organ meats, they were eating awful, they were eating nose to tail, and they were better for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, I'm sure uh, you and people listening may be aware that our mortality rate is now. the newer generation come out is now expected to die before the previous generation, which is new. Mm -hmm. Like that's a completely new thing. It used to be that your parents would live that you would live beyond your parents. And now they're actually showing, actually, no, our mortality rate is uh, is now um, people are going to be dying younger. Mm. Um, Unless they're, you know, being supported by, you know, modern, um, Mm. uh, you know, medical means that are, you know, superficially keeping them alive or something like that, right? Sure.
0: Yeah, I think the metabolic disease issue is is really obviously caught up with us, and we're passing it on to more societies across the globe that have been still in more traditional um, ancestral sort of eating patterns, you know, taking Asia especially, um, for example, um, can, you know, let's, let's take a step back, right. And just assume that somebody who's, there's me a couple folks who's listening to this, who have no idea what we're talking about in terms of why organ meats are more nutrient dense. And, you know, we all think of, let's say liver, you know, as being, um, as being the the filter that we use to process toxins, and I think just purely people don't understand that, like, oh, is actually one of the um, most exce- – can be one of the most accessible organs to consume um, from various mammals. And so can you can you help us – can you help somebody who just, like, who's kind of walking into this world, doesn't know um, who Weson A. Price is and who has no idea – what we're talking about and is what but, but is curious um to sort of step up their game in terms of nutrient yeah, density yeah
2: absolutely so Thanks. yeah there's a lot of lot of topics within that question but yeah. but uh, I'll I'll kind of try to break them down so so first of all when we talk about Uh, organ meats are awful, there's lots of different names for it, Um, and it kind of has a history of why there are so many names, but it's usually known as awful, and they think that that name comes from when you butcher the animal, it's the parts of the animal that fall off. So they think that that's where the name came from. Um, And what awful basically refers to is that you have, uh, it's basically every part of the animal except the muscle meat and the bone.
0: Okay. That's, will, you, will you spell that word? I hear you saying awful.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Because it, it's a perfect word because people think it tastes awful. Right? So they think it's a w f a a w l f u l, but it's O-F-F-A-L. Ah, oh, thank Off, you. Awful. Yes. Awful. Okay. And yeah, I think, Cheryl, you were pronouncing it. How did you pronounce it?
1: I tend to slur my Fs to P's. So <laughs> that's just my like, and no,
2: uh, but, well, but, and I asked just cause you can, I mean, you know, there is, there are different pronunciations of it. It's not like there's only one way, but sure. yeah. Um, and it, it's had different names over the, hi, it's history. Like they even mm-hmm. called, uh, awful variety meats at one point because mm-hmm. they were really trying to, ed- this is around world war II. Cause they were really trying to educate people, uh, cause they were, they were worried about a, a muscle meat. Shortage because mm-hmm. all the muscle meat was going abroad to the soldiers. They were like they were, There was a federal campaign mm-hmm. around re-educating people around organ meats to get them to eat them. Right, and um, and so they were coming up all the, these different names, these different tactics. It's fascinating when you start to see the history of food mm-hmm. and why we eat the why we don't or do eat the things we do, and it, it's usually steeped in history. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and ultimately, why I think we've lost the art of eating awful. From my research, I think it's literally now just because of unfamiliarity. I, it, it, if you go back in the history of it, it's clearly steeped in um, economics.
0: Yeah, I was going to say at
2: it, one it's point a, a class issue is what it keeps total class screaming. Issue, total, yeah, total total class issue that yeah. people saw it as poor people's food. Sure. And so they, it stopped to be, you know, being as um, eaten because of that. And Mm -hmm. that's why the re-education programs happened Yeah, and uh, they worked. Mm -hmm. And then that's, and that's why a lot of our grandparents or parents were forced to eat liver and onions Mm -hmm. and things like that. That's the one you hear the most. Yep. But I think what happened since then is that that generation, some of them were forced to do it. And what happens when you're forced and then now you have kids, you go the opposite direction. You don't enforce it. Right. You know, that's we, we kind of we're the pendulum, right? Right. And so we're now stuck in a period of where we were not forced to eat it. And because of that, we're now completely unfamiliar with sourcing. We're completely unfamiliar with cooking it. And then the taste. I mean, I I talk to people that think it tastes horrible. Yeah, right. And they've never even tried it. Mm-hmm. And and I always talk about the psychology. I'm like, oh, that's interesting because if I presented to you a dessert that you've never tried before, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't hesitate to try it. You'd be like, of course I'll try it. Right. But if I present a savory item,
3: mm-hmm. organ
2: meat mm-hmm. that you've never tried before, you will you will absolutely not try it. Probably most yeah. people will not try it. Yeah. So. All that's connected, uh, but to answer the question of like, well, why, why organ meats? And then to also get into the, um, uh, is it a, is it a filter? Is it a sponge? So mm-hmm. w- why organ meats? Organ meats are, they just have a, an abundance of nutrition in them and they really have that nutrition and vitamins so that they can do their job really well. So that's, what's kind of ironic is that people think that they're, they, they think of them, it's 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 really fascinating because when we think about a a a sponge or a filter we imagine that the the things that that filter or sponge are cleaning are just get stuck to the sponge right. or get stuck to the filter right. so we we imagine that all the toxins and they're just they're just building up on your 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 organ right, right? your kidney or your liver like your air filter um, and what's funny about that is you're really undermining the human body when you think like that. Because mm-hmm. why would the human body create a system that needs to function for you to live
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and allow it to get clogged and allow it to like not function? It's like that's, you, you cannot equate a drain to our human, our human body is miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we can pump it full of such crap and still be healthy. <laughs> it's true. It's because it's a miracle. Bingo though, you you've nailed
1: it on the head. We think we we have this twisted kind of warped sense of like the liver and it's like you know, I tell my clients all the time, your body is meant to be tolerant. Your body is ma- meant to naturally filter stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when you live a life of factory meat and not taking your care of yourself and not going outside, yes, the liver will clog and the whole other disease cascade happens. But when we are doing the things that we need to be doing to be you know, having a healthy lifestyle, the liver just naturally filters and does its thing. Mm-hmm. And it's this magical organ. And animals are the same way. Right. Of so course. it's like that's why grass fed and really sourcing ethical meat and ethical animals that have been raised um, in proper conditions and loved. And ideally, if they're being farmed right, they're re-nourishing the soil. Mm-hmm. Right. And oh, it's like, nice.
2: yeah, this is a not nice closed loop system to it. And and that's really what's key is that people need to understand. And and now we're really, when we talk about the toxins, we're really focusing on like the liver and the kidney, right? Mm -hmm. That's what people, because that's the kind of, the liver is like the number one awful that people associate or the number one organ that people associate with awful. But so here's something that's really important about the liver and the kidney, but particularly the liver is that it's processing and converting potentially toxic byproducts into more water-soluble forms. Mm. And so in that sense, it's not sticking to the liver. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's so nutrient-dense so that it can filter and create these toxins into water-soluble forms. And now it's really ultimately a discussion about, okay, are you pooping? Are you mm-hmm. peeing? Mm-hmm. Are you sweating? Mm-hmm. Is your body working? Mm-hmm. Are you are your excretion pathways working properly. Right. And if they are not, it's not that your liver now becomes toxic. It's like, well, no, then those guess where those toxins go? They go to your fat. Right. right. So it's really, we, we cannot undermine, we can't, we can't don't throw the, the human body out with the with the concept of like, well, just because it's a filter organ, that means it's never it's gonna get like clogged and be un- unhealthy. It's like, no, if it does. That's when like so people who kill themselves through drinking alcohol, yes, they do. Eventually your liver will give out. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't happen in five years. Those people that kill themselves <laughs> drinking alcohol, that's 60 years. Mm, yeah, or 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 less. But yes. Or less. But totally. it's not, you know what I mean? It's like it's not, I mean, a- I know And I a have, bad diet,
0: by the way. I mean, fatty yeah. liver comes in lots of ways, but yes.
2: Totally. And but seroses. it doesn't happen overnight. Sure. That's my point. No. And it's like, so this idea that well, I'm not going to eat organs because they're part of the the process of toxic, you know, getting rid of toxins. Yeah. Like, no, that's the reason to eat them is because they are they are designed to do it very efficiently and effectively. Right. And and but we really need to think even beyond liver and kidney. And and so, like, you know, just to break down so some of the other things that are awful, like, so you know, people eat, of course, the heart mm-hmm. and uh, there's the spleen. There's mm-hmm. the the lungs. There's the testicles. There's the ovaries. There's the brain. I mean, all mm-hmm. these are edible. Mm-hmm. The thymus and pancreas, which is sometimes um, which is known usually as sweetbreads. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the bone marrow. So mm-hmm. even though bone is not awful, the bone marrow is considered awful. So okay. there's the bone marrow, and that's that's uh, absolutely well. I, I want to go into a little study that that happened in the 30s, uh, and bone marrow and brain have to do with this study. But so basically, bone marrow. There's the tongue, the lips, the ears, and the skin. That's the stuff in the 90s that everyone learned was in hot dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people start freaking out. They're like, what? But actually, <laughs> in many ways, uh, hot dogs are are kind of the most nose-to-tail food you can think of, at least they were then. Right. Um, I don't know, now it's all about, it's 100% muscle meat. It's like, but actually they used to be very nose-to-tail hot dogs. Mm. Um, and so you had, you know, that those parts. The stomach lining that's also part of awful, and that's known as tripe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the feet. If it's a pig, it's called trotters. Chicken feet are used in Chinese culture all the time. Yep, their uh, chicken feet are great for broth. So there's if you go around the and then there's intestines as well. So in the south, uh, since mm-hmm. we were talking about the south earlier, um, chitlins is pig intestines. Yep. So so. If you go to certain regions, if you go outside of the U.S. through the rest of the world, they're eating, those mm. to tell. They're eating these parts. It shows up in Mexico. Uh, there's a soup called menudo. Mm. In Scotland, there's haggis, which uses, like, the calf heart, the liver, the lungs, and it's all mixed in suet, which is the kidney fat. Mm. And it's uh, got oatmeal in it and seasonings. And then they boil it in the stomach <laughs> of the animal yes. if it's traditional, Yes, you know? There's the blood, blood sausage or black mm. pudding in Ireland. There's steak and kidney pie, which when I was in the UK, I thought kidney was kidney beans and I went to eat it and I'm like, oh, that's not <laughs> kidney beans. <laughs> that's, that's kidney. Weird. Yes. Um, you know, so they're, they're using it everywhere else. And I, I really do wholeheartedly believe that there's lots of toxicity in the world. There's lots of things in the air and the water and the food. So there's lots of things to point at. Mm-hmm. But... Isn't it interesting that we are not eating as much nose to tail as our ancestors did? Mm -hmm. And there is this concept, it's a a really kind of a Native American concept, so it's an ancestral concept of like supports like. So if you're Mm -hmm. eating the organ from the animal, that's going to support your own organ. Well, what's one of the number one health issues in the U.S., it's heart issues mm-hmm. and we're not eating heart, for example, mm-hmm. but we're eating lots of like vegetable oils and packaged food, right? Right. Um, and then other things like we don't eat brain anymore. And look at how high the Alzheimer's and the and, and the brain issues that are going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's skyrocketing, right? And there's prob- there are reasons why it's skyrocketing, but I don't, I believe it's also connected to that we're not eating these parts of the animal. And that if we were, we would see those numbers lower.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much there, James. Thank you for breaking all that down. I mean, it, it, I have so many questions. Um, and I keep thinking that, you know, our nutrient density, I want to go back to history just for a second, because I think it's really good for us to understand where we've come from and where we're going. Because as I listen to you tell kind of a, the story of of World War II, and then entering post World War II, and and everybody comes back to the states. At least, I mean, Europe was rebuilding, but the states were preserved, and we were they were able to come back with a flood of money, and men were coming home and trying two to two re- people
2: working now, two people you're working. Right. you had you That's- had the women who were working when the men left, and now they're working. They don't want to stop working, so now you have a household where there's, like you said, a lot more money. Yes. And what are you going to spend on with that money? You're definitely not going to buy poor people's food.
0: No, you're not. And and we're and we're past the war now. The the, war time's over. We had to do that during the war. Spam was eaten during the war. We don't need to eat spam anymore. Um, We we can put a ham on the table. We can put a chicken on the table.
2: Roast beef. Roast beef.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, And so... And then, you know, that's not, and then talk about fast food, right? We, we, we want to be able, we're also starting to see, you know, the major food companies develop food that's fast and quick. Let's get it on the table quick. You know, you're a busy, dinner. you're, yeah, totally, you're, you're yeah. a busy wife who is now out of the home. We need to get it done. And yeah. So, and I, my husband's a product of this. It's just they just trusted these. I mean, that generation trusted them. I mean, of course, General Mills has our best interests. Of course, all the major companies have our best interests. They're they're here to help us and better our lives. So anyway, moving forward from that, then we get into a low-fat, no-fat, no-cholesterol zone, right? We come out. Yeah. Who, who and,
2: remembers Snackwell? Snackwell Devil Food Cakes, right? Oh, yeah, man. Those are like <laughs> they have no fat. Oh my gosh. I'm going to eat the whole bag in two minutes and mm-hmm. I'll be fine. I know. It's like that mentality, right?
0: It was. Well, I, I remember there, there was an era when every candy was said zero fat. Zero they, fat. Were, they
2: were promoting it saying no fat. There's no fat in Swedish fish. Eat the whole bag. Yes. I know.
0: One of my favorites. Yeah. So anyway, I, I was going to say that from there now we're regrouping. And so now the way I see this is that our generation is, is looking you know our generation, meaning you know a lot of us kids who were born in the 70s, born in the 80s, um, and especially the the millennials and um, Gen Zs are also really concerned about the environment and this debate around consuming meat and its impact on the on the planet. We could talk a lot about how animals are raised and their impact and regenerative meat. I, we, we there's a that that's a conversation to have. And there's this conversation, I think, between using the whole animal that like that there's a, you know, if you're going to eat the animal, let's have respect for the whole animal. Is that something that you were coming at this with, James, from your own perspective? Is, was, what, it's or or has it just important. been nutrition for you? Okay.
2: No, no, no. It's absolutely the whole, it's the whole thing, the yeah. holistic look at, through it. Totally. It starts with nutrition for me. I mean, because like I said, so I identified what's the most nutrient dense food out there. It's organ meats. Yep. I then identified, okay, we're not eating them. So what are the hurdles? Well, it, I, I mentioned these already sort of in quick passing, but one of them is the associated taste. Mm-hmm. One is sourcing mm-hmm. and then one is cooking. We, we've just lost all of right. that. We, we don't have and the history. so I was like, yeah. So I was like, how, okay, if this is the most nutrient dense food and I know I want you to eat it, yeah, how am I going to get it into you? Yeah, And so that I just started connecting dots in the way I do as a chef. And that is my background. I was a professional chef for over 17 years mm-hmm. and, um, and and I was in the health food business as well so I was supporting people with their health as a chef and I was always looking at I was I was never like a traditional chef and I didn't geek out like about food shows the way a lot of the newer mm-hmm. people do and for me it was always around how can I help people with their health like yeah. how do I take comfort foods which is where we humanly gravitate towards and how do I make those healthier because I can I can create healthy food everyone can create healthy food or what we deem as healthy food but if it doesn't hit two things you're not going to do it in the long term and i want it to be long term and those two things are it needs to be easy mm-hmm. and it needs to be delicious yes if i can hit those two things i then can take your health the the food that you choose for your health and i can turn it into the netflix of food i can t- put it into like like now you're in you just you don't you don't even think about it it's mm-hmm. like you, it's now it goes from a trend to now a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, the, that's the sweet spot. I want health to be easy and delicious so you don't have to think about it anymore. So that means that uh, a, a pandemic can happen mm-hmm. and you don't fall off the wagon mm-hmm. because there's nothing to fall off. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go gravitate towards alcohol or baking bread or eating hostess twinkies. Like you don't need to do that because the health thing that I'm that you're you're eating right now is easy and it is delicious so it's satisfying you you emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. Yeah. So that's how I made pluck. I, I was like, okay, I we already have freeze-dried product. We have um organ meats that are in capsules and it's from 100% grass-fed cows in New Zealand and it's like They're humanely treated, and they're not given, you know, um, any, uh, like, they're not artificially given, like, any uh, antibiotics to pump them up, you know, to make them even bigger, you know? They're they're treated and fed properly. And so I'm like, we already have that. We have the modern technique of freeze drying it, which makes it shelf-stable so that you don't even need to know how to cook it. But I'm like, but I don't want you to do it in a capsule. Mm-hmm. Because here's the problem with capsules is when we do, A, we're eating too many of them or there's capsule fatigue. <laughs> and whenever you do something in abundance, you sort of start to then eventually, you, you kind of comes in waves, right? So mm-hmm. there's points where you're eating your capsules and when you're following your, your uh, supplement protocol really to the T, mm-hmm. but then eventually you just get exhausted with it and then you fall off and right. then you fall, you know, you get back into it. So you kind of dip, dips in valleys. Or sorry, dips in whatever it's called, hills and valleys, and so, <laughs> yeah. so that constantly happens with with uh, capsules and supplements. But here's the other thing that's really important: when you do a capsule, you are bypassing your own innate knowledge around food. So like when I take, if I'm low in sodium and I need and I put my finger in some sea salt and I put it on my tongue, I get an immediate communication of do you need more of this or are you good mm-hmm. and that's so important because we do like kids i mentioned there's this study from 1930s okay mm. like when you're young and you're a kid you have an innate knowledge of what your body needs and it's it's other level and what happens is you get older is you get, you know, you get heady about everything, right? Or you either get it beaten out of you or 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 you know, like because someone's force feeding you and you can't clear you can't leave this table until you've cleared your plate. You know, you get so you get it either emotionally beaten out of you, right, or you you get heady and try to trick yourself and you get caught into the emotional side of eating. Yeah. But as a child, so there was a study done in the 30s. And what they did was they took really young babies. They were able to convince these mothers to put their their children in this orphanage. These really young children who are just starting to eat, mm-hmm. and the the person put all this whole food out. And it was so they didn't necessarily put out all this really bad stuff, but they put out like fruits and vegetables. And they had lots of different organ meats. They had liver. They had kidney. They had sweetbreads. They had brain. They had um, bone marrow. That, and and then they had some other things too. And then they let the kids just gravitate towards what they wanted to eat. So it was a really a study showing that kids will eat healthy food if it's in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so this is what's fascinating though. And this is a really good marker. I think around how people are only focusing on liver and kidney and things like that for their organ meats. And why I want people to look outside of that is you would think, well, the kids would have gravitated towards liver because that's that's so nutrient dense, but they actually didn't. They gravitated towards the brain and towards the college, the, the, the bone marrow.
3: Mm.
2: Now, why would they do that? Well, because they're kids. Mm-hmm. They're That's the part of them that's needing those nutrients the most. Their brain is developing. Right. The bone marrow is rich in fat and collagen. It's like mm-hmm. that is what their body needs. Their liver and kidney is not toxically burdened yet they're not adults they haven't been living very long so why would they need more liver and kidney so it's a beautiful te- it's a beautiful like study of showing like no no we have an innate knowledge in our body of what it needs
3: mm-hmm.
2: and we gravitate towards foods naturally instinctively
3: mm-hmm.
2: that our body needs
3: mm-hmm.
2: and so you completely bypass that when you take a capsule you, you get the information later but it's it's not you know, by the time you get the communication of whether those capsules you just took are working for your body, you're now bloated or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. too late. But if I if I follow my natural digestive process and put it in my in my mouth and let my saliva coat it and start chewing it, mm-hmm. I get an immediate communication of do I want this food or not? And so that's that's why I also think it's fascinating that you thought the liver tasted like cat food. Mm-hmm because that would be an argument around, well, maybe you didn't need the iron. You know, I mean, I know (laughs) liver has a lot more nutrients in it, but maybe you didn't. Maybe you do. I I don't know. I actually think it was
0: worth it. I I had been feeding cats twice a day, a can of cat food. And you know, first thing in the morning, you crack open a can of cat food. Let me tell you, it's not the most appetizing smell, right? And then you're like, it's just awful. And all I could think of is this. It was the texture. I mean, come on, it's pate, right? It's all like ground up. It has the same vibe. I mean, they call cat food that day, right?
1: There's... This reminds me of one of my favorite quotes, which is "Animals don't need nutritionists, mm. and in theory, we shouldn't either." Mm. Now that I'm not poo-pooing the nutritionists out there, like sometimes things are necessary. Hey, people, girl. hey, girl, Back You know, some people have like detox issues. People have been dealt bad genetic hands. Like, there's all kinds of things, right? That
2: Well, in the market, right? The the processed food industry has completely confused us. It's fuddled us. We don't, you know, I mean, you you. So I do believe we need them now. I mean, but it's our own undoing. We we did this to ourselves. Well, I was going
0: to say that the, the issue, I think what I heard you say as you're talking about putting things on your tongue is this idea that it is we're fighting our brain and all the shoulds and all the messaging that we've been getting. Versus our intuition, because we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our bodies, right? We're we're craving, like, I want to eat that bowl of ice cream, but I know I'm not supposed to. So I'm just going to have this constant battle and tug of war in front of my fridge and freezer every night. And there's a shame cycle and there's a, you know, a self-deprecation cycle. and We hear it. We hear people talk about it all the time. Oh, I'm going to be healthy right now. Oh, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be, I'm just going to be good. And that my biggest issue, and I, I know you've used the term a lot, but I think you've done a really good job, James, of describing what you decide or what you deem is healthy. But the term healthy is one of the biggest catchphrases I really struggle with. And as I worked with yeah. clients in health coaching, it was always about, you know, because I you can see somebody's food journal and take an assessment of that pretty quickly and realize, okay, we need to talk about what does healthy mean to you because your version is different than my version. And it's different. I call it
2: the, I, I love that you're bringing this up. I call it the illusion of health because mm. everyone talks about health yeah, but it's such an illusion because it's I mean most of the times it's it's stuff that really doesn't matter. Like I remember when I was starting, you know, I graduated from culinary school in uh, 2004 and I I started working as a food stylist and I w- I lived in LA so I was um working in in the Hollywood system when I was a private chef, I was cooking for a lot of celebs and then I was also doing some food styling and we were um I was working with someone who had a contract with the Ellen show. Mm, cool. And um yeah. And I remember there were a couple of big celebrity chefs at the time. And I don't even remember this guy's name. He was just the hot chef at the time. And he was on the show because he had put out some healthy products. And I was like, back there as a food size, you have to prepare the food pre-cooking, halfway cooking, and then cooking. Because so, every time they go to commercial, then they bring out the other uh, part of the food that's pre-cooked and whatnot. And so, right. so they're never, ever actually cooking it on the show. <laughs> you were doing it behind the scenes. Yeah. And, um, I just remember though, like him talking about health food and I was sitting there just going, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't have a clue what healthy he is.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I would go to these, uh, industry conferences and they would be talking about the marbling of the beef and all this stuff. And I'm like, I could care less. I'm like, what was the animal fed? Right. that's what I want to know. What was the animal fed? What was the, con- the environment of where they were being raised? Mm-hmm. Like no one talked about that. And I was like, well, how is it that you can treat these animals so poorly? If you've ever driven on the five between LA and, San- um, and the Bay area, mm-hmm. you pass, I think at this point you pass two or three KFOS, mm-hmm. which are basically these industrial, uh, beef, uh, farms and they're disgusting. Yeah. anyone that drives by them that thinks they're not discussing is got to go check into a psych ward because mm. it's like it's you don't see gra- you don't see any green anywhere it's all mud mm-hmm. and the smell and you hit it at this one point it's like 15 minutes in the drive you you hit it and it's like the smell is some of the worst smell you'll ever smell like it, it, it's hard to compare it to anything else because it's so disgusting yeah and it's like that's that's where I want my milk from. That's where I want my meat from. What? Like, nah. it doesn't even compute. Right. Like to me, that we have to. When we look at healthy, we cannot just think of like, oh, how much fat and how much carbs and all that, and how mm-hmm. much protein. It's like, no, no, no. What is the source of it? Mm-hmm. And what did what did what did what you eat, what what you're eating? What did that eat? Right. So what did what what is it? What do they say? It's like what you eat eats is to me where it's got to go. Yeah.
0: Well, when you get to the argument though of of. Uh, Having higher quality meat, James. Where are you on the ratio of meat on your plate? Because I think that's something that kind of just really triggering, especially for a lot of Americans, where meat is the center of the plate. Yeah, I mean that.
2: Yeah, it it is so confusing right now because you have the animal based diet. um, You know, Paul Salvino coming out and saying uh, vegetables are bad. You Mm. know, most vegetables are bad and. And, and then you're hearing all these people that are doing the animal-based diet and they're doing so well. And it's like, I don't know. I don't. I I, I, I have done a lot of different diets. I kind of treat myself like a guinea pig. And um,
0: yeah,
2: uh, because I've had to, as a chef, I've had to understand, not only understand the diet, but know how to cook well with it. So I've mm-hmm. I've just done, you name it, and I've probably done it. I mean, I master cleanse to... Adkins to paleo to keto. I, I tried doing carnivore for 30 days. Mm. And I'll tell you, if we want to talk diets, the, the diet that was the most amazing, like that I felt the most amazing on, and I think this is key, is the diet that's right for you is the one that you feel good on. Right. So it's not the one I feel good on. It's the one you feel good on. That's I'll say that right off the bat. But this is the diet of everything I've ever done that I felt truly amazing on. And it was it's called raw primal. Mm. So I was eating only raw products. I was eating raw meat. Mm. I was eating raw dairy and raw honey. Okay. And it was amazing. I didn't eat much at all. Like it was amazing how far, like a little bit went very far. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that we're eating so much meat these days says a lot about the quality of the meat potentially. And when you cook thing, when you cook something, it's not as available to you. So you eat more of it because your body's looking for as much nutrition. You're, basically, it's the nutrition that's going to tell your body it's full.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so when you're eating food that's not as nutrient dense, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take longer to feel full. So it's either going to volume-wise feel full in your belly, or you're going to finally get enough nutrition from it that your body says, okay, I'm done. I got, I got what I needed. Um, right. But so it's fascinating with raw paleo or raw, raw primal. I was eating very high quality meat. So very clean, um, properly raised, properly fed. I was eating a lot of ground meat and, um, we would make like little meatballs sometimes with it. And it took me a little bit to get over that kind of like, Oh, I'm eating raw stuff. But eventually it was like, wow, I feel amazing. My energy was really clean. My skin looked amazing. I, I, felt physically just really strong mm. and my poops were fantastic mm. like everything <laughs> everything about it was so good but here's the deal because you would be like well why aren't you eating this way now it's because it wasn't sustainable right because what happens when you're eating that diet it's like i can't go out and eat at a restaurant no i yeah. can't i have a little kid now and i you don't want to feed a little kid whose you know immune system is developing and you don't want to feed them anything that particularly to, uh, pot- potentially has toxins in it, right? You know, um, or parasites or anything like that that their body won't be able to fight off. And so it just wasn't. We had a we had a newborn, and so it was like, mm-hmm. okay, who is starting to eat? And we we're like, okay, a we can't eat out, we can't socialize much because now we're eating completely different from everyone else. And then we can't, everyone can't eat the same thing just yet. Yeah. So. You know, it was great while it lasted, but it just wasn't practical. And so that's where I always go. It's like the the best diet is the one that you can maintain Mm
3: -hmm.
2: consistently Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and that makes you feel great. And and I think that's where we ultimately have to go is well, are you feeling great? Because a lot of people's standard of how they're feeling is below average and they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are having these skin issues, they're having these chronic illnesses and they don't realize that it's connected to what they're eating.
1: Absolutely. Well, and also with that, you know, how many people, their digestive enzymes and their stomach acid is all hijacked and messed up due to crap foods and toxins and stress or, you know, I love the Michael Pollan sort of adage from um, his food rules, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, eat, you know, meat, mostly plants, some seeds, some nuts you know, some fruit, um, you know, kind of philosophy or like an 80-20 kind of philosophy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all made very differently. And it's it's so funny. So I was a vegetarian for 15 years. And I realized now, I think it was just my parents didn't really know how to cook meat well in a way that tasted really awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, fast forward. You know, on the beginning of my own healing journey, and my body was in a really big crisis. Um, you know, when I I had made the decision that I may need to start eating animal proteins, and I decided at the time I was like, well, if I'm gonna do it, then I'm gonna learn to source the best raised animals I can that are ethically raised. Um, and I know the word ethically can be a place of contention for some people, depending on where you land in the spectrum of things.
2: But we should talk about that too, because I uh, that the, the idea that if you're eating plant-based versus animal-based, that nothing's dying, you know, if you're eating plant-based is extremely false, and we can totally talk about that. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah. I, and, I, and I share some of that sentiment for sure. Um, but also, I, my big thing was like, I'm going to learn how to honor the whole animal. And I'm not just going to go buy skinless chicken breasts and I'm not going to just, you know what I mean? But I thought I'm really going to try to, and that was actually how I got into organ meats. Now, I didn't think they tasted like cat food, like Nancy did, but (laughs) I wasn't particularly fond of the flavor. But then, you know, I work in fermentation and a lot of preservation. I started making my own pate and my own roulette and I started making bone broth and eating more marrow. And you know i just sort of inched my way you know in bits and pieces and you know i started to develop the taste and the craving i know when my body really needs liver now and i'm somebody who i struggle with low iron and suboptimal b vitamins and i'm an mthr homozygous poor methylator Pora making my B vitamins, so like for me, and even having thyroid issues, which is another thing that we're seeing skyrocketing um, Skyrocket, in yeah. men and especially in women, Autoimmune, and yeah. yep, and autoimmunity due to not eating, you know, getting enough nutrients and selenium and zinc and B vitamins and all this stuff that we get from a lot of these organ meats. Um, but you know, also, you know, I remember I think it's Mickey I think it's Mickey Trescott's book, Autoimmune. Uh, paleo or autoimmune wellness, and I remember getting chicken hearts from one of my local farmers, and like grilling them up on the grill, and I was like, I don't know, and I'm I'm somebody I'm a little finicky about texture sometimes, and but you know making an amazing dipping sauce, you know, or the you know, and and it was like, wow, okay, I could eat this every so often, and what a great way to honor. You know the whole animal, and and, you know, and I inched it over time. You know, I don't think any of us are saying like run out, and now you're just gonna start scarfing down all the organ meats, and you know, you're either gonna love it or hate it. (laughs) But like that, you can do. We can do things progressively, and you know, and even when I, you know, discovered that you were making pluck, um, and I remember you had it on popcorn. You were just like, I remember you're popping like heirloom popcorn and like coconut oil. sprinkling it with pluck. And I was like, heck yes. And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, even in my own practice, one of the things I really encourage my clients to do is get into eating organ meats. But also one of the things that I've been easily able to get them to try if they don't like organ meats is to use it as the seasoning, which is exactly what you're doing. Right. And so it's it's a different way, I think, of thinking about it. And it's like it's a different way of thinking about like transformation and that we should be getting as much of our nutrients from food as we can. And I'm not anti supplements, but polypharmacy is like its own whole thing. And for sometimes they're necessary, but you know, you bring up a really phenomenal point, which is that we are just, we're so depleted and we now live in this post-industrialized culture where it's like, go, go, go. And wives, you can work full time, serve your husband a martini, Take your kids, the play group, do all the things, vacuum, right? Like all this stuff. And we wonder why
2: we're all exhausted. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, you, so, um, so many things, but uh, the, the, w- I would love to, I think this will help you, Nancy's like, like, let's talk about easing into organ meats um, because <laughs> there, there is a way to do it as, as Cheryl mentioned, that's really gradual and really gentle and it really i find that any food change is ultimately it's about changing your perspective around it as well and one of the ways to change perspective around it is to change either the cooking mm-hmm. of it the texture of it mm-hmm. or the flavor of it because mm-hmm. we 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 cannot discredit the kind of the what is it that ties us to food mm-hmm. really right mm-hmm. it's sure it's your who who cooked it for you when you were a child that that is an emotional connector what was the texture of it when you were a child the smell the smell
0: mm-hmm.
2: right the 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 dynamic that happened during food time like mm-hmm. was it a stressful time was mm-hmm. it a, a happy time there was that so all these pieces these tactile very you know uh like s- sense oriented pieces right are what we now as adults associate with those foods. So that's what you have to tap into. Yeah. To and, change the perspective around well it. Well,
0: also let, let, let's so let's take a couple of cultural plugs here. So I keep what I keep envisioning our two things. And you're going to have to remind me I know the one movie is Indiana Jones and yes, he serves and monkey, brain, monkey brains. brains. And yeah. you know, we if you're a kid you grew up and you're just like,
3: totally. "Oh,
2: no." Yeah, now, it was gross versus was, something that actually like other countries really did eat.
3: Totally, but, totally. What?
0: But 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 I but I guess that's what I'm saying is like there's again it goes back to that cultural divide. It's that you know Indiana was was an American, a white cisgendered male from America. Like let's get real, and it was that was that was the programming, right? That that was so foreign. And totally then,
2: same thing with insects, right? Now right. now you know other countries eat insects; it's yeah. very normal, and here.
0: Yeah. We don't. It's, no. And then, but, but, but like, then gross. the idea of like pulling the heart out of the animal and dripping yes. the blood, it's like so savage, you know, those savage, you know, as we, as they were called when we were growing up, Indians, now Native American is a much more appropriate term. But the idea that like, you know, they were savages, that's something a savage, this wild, you totally. know, creature does. And just awful. I'm sorry. But it, that, and, but that's how, that was the messaging for sure. And, and then I think, of what's more current now in the gourmand in the foodie world. And that the idea that I've had tripe in my pho and I've had tongue tacos and that like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it in, in the Vietnamese restaurant and, you know, in the Jamaican joint down the street in Brooklyn and I'm doing it at the Mexican taco stand and I'm trying things. And I think that is the the way I when I'm listening to you and Cheryl banter just about like easing into them. I also kept thinking about there, there are two major elements, which I think is important. One is just the the flavor, so untraining and and we you know you do I did this a lot in my nutrition practice, which is just untraining that palate to get off of off of those dynamic sweet receptors. Yes. that also support the gut. Sweet and stop. salty,
2: we're way too slanted toward those two Correct. things.
0: Correct, and understanding umami and really starting to train the palate to appreciate that. Two?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: go I, go ahead if you have a comment about umami. Well, so. <laughs>
2: just around the palate. So that's yeah. so important is that you really can shift the palate, and and mm-hmm. to ever think that the pa- palate is a living, breathing thing, 100%. right? So it, yeah. it changes constantly, Um, and you really can shift a picky eater to a adventurous eater, mm-hmm. and it's and it starts small, gradual changes. Right. But that's you just hit the nail on the head on what that change is is. You've got to move away from sweet and start introducing the sour, the bitter, the umami. You've got to mm-hmm. go more slanted that way, but you just do it gradually. Yeah. And actually, I got feedback. Um, I, I was at the Western A Price Conference last year, and a practitioner friend of mine came up and said, "You know, I you got to hear this." Um, so I was working with a client whose child is, you know, slightly spectrum and is very um, picky eater, and was so picky that the mother was very concerned and so the practitioner told the mother look i want you to do one thing
3: Mm.
2: it's just start using pluck in Mm. your child's food you don't even need to tell her what you're doing right and um she did just that one thing and because pluck is umami Mm -hmm. it started to shift her palate and now she's eating more foods great and that's the only change they made awesome
0: I love that. That's. I, I was just thinking, like the popcorn is such a gateway drug. I love it. It's just
2: perfect, right? Yeah. Well, and so, it's, so if we go into easing into organ meats, yeah, and that's really that is what pluck it. So pluck is the gateway. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so easy. There's no new habit. Right. You don't have to go and kill a buffalo. I'm not asking you to do anything no. <laughs> abnormal. You just. It's just a seasoning. It's a mm-hmm. seasoning that has or it has five organs and it's got freeze dried powdered liver, heart, kidney, spleen, and pancreas. Mm-hmm. And then combine. It with organic spices and herbs, and they're all shelf stable, so you don't have to put it in the refrigerator. It can literally go either on your table, Mm -hmm. like the salt and pepper, or in your seasoning drawer. And it lasts you know, it lasts for a year, year and a half. It's like it's fine, but I don't want you to take that long to use it. I don't want you to treat it like nutmeg, like literally put (laughs) it on everything, like put it on everything. It's it, it's incredibly versatile mm. and it goes on everything. And then what you're doing is you're getting micro dosing of organ meats frequently, mm-hmm. which then equals cumulative effect. Cool. That's exciting. And, so, and you're getting those five organs, right? And so yeah. now you're also helping to shift your palate. You're getting right. those micro dosing of the micronutrients, but don't stop there. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, now what's the what should I do next? It's like, okay, now that you're getting in your foot, you know, you know, uh, you're dipping your toe in the water with organ meats, you're getting pluck-in. Mm-hmm. Now let's try eating some organs, but I still don't want you to eat it in its current form. What I want you to do is like buy some beef liver, for example. When you buy a beef liver, it's really big. So yeah, just cut maybe cut it in half or cut it in a fourth so it's not so big. Keep it frozen though, because when it's frozen, it's not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's just frozen and keep it frozen and then just grate it. Grate it into mm-hmm. your ground meats. Anything that's a ground meat, doesn't matter if it's lamb, beef, turkey, mm-hmm. chicken, don't I don't it doesn't matter. Just grate like a tablespoon of, of beef organ into it. Cool. Mix it in. Yeah. No one will know what's in there. Right. And the key is you gotta keep the ratio. So you don't want the ratio to go above twenty five percent. Totally. So, so, like if you're taking a pound of ground meat, then 25% would be like a fourth of a cup, right? Mm-hmm. So, you don't want, you, you, and you definitely do not want to start with a fourth of a cup. So, that's why I'm saying start with a tablespoon. Right. There's, there's four tablespoons, right? Uh, yeah, four tablespoons and a fourth of a cup. So, so, um, I think that's right, yeah.
3: Because mm-hmm, there's 16
2: right. tablespoons in a cup, <laughs> so fourth of them, yeah. Yes. So, so basically, if you do one to two tablespoons, mm-hmm. you're still so far under the ratio of that pound of meat that no one will know, and it will not change the texture. If you go over that 20, 25 percent, it starts to change the flavor and the texture. So yeah. that's all. We're, we're just messing around with it, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. It, it, that, that's how I wean. Uh, I help parents wean their kids off of sugary yogurt.
3: Oh, great. It's just
0: getting them, you know, they've, they've been on like basically what's ice cream every morning, 24 grams of sugar per serving and trying to slap in that plain yogurt, that Greek yep. or, or something equivalent. Yeah.
2: And you treat it just like a, you would an animal. When you're transitioning an animal mm-hmm. to new food, That's they always right. say you do like a little bit of the new food and mostly the old food. And then eventually it's now the mostly the new food and only a little bit of the old right. food. And right. you just gradually do it. The then, after you've done the liver, uh, graded liver thing, you can then graduate towards okay, now I'm going to actually try an organ and I'm going to incorporate it in the food. So don't have the organ be the star of the show, just incorporate it in. And this time, this is where the chicken hearts come in is because mm. heart is closest to a muscle meat. So you right. can see we're peeling the onion to the, to the <laughs> you know, use your yes. topic of your show, we're peeling the the awful onion, you know, onion, right? So we're only we're, we're at first doing something that completely doesn't connect you, to you emotionally or, or logically mm-hmm. with Pluck. Right. Pluck will not connect you to organ meats. You won't even think that you're eating organ meats. And now we're still grading it into something. So that's it's still not fully connecting. And now we're going to use chicken hearts because the heart is a closer to the muscle meat. So we're once again playing with what you know. Mm-hmm. And then what I want you to do is the chicken hearts, you'll probably buy a little container and i will probably have like, I don't know, 10, 12 chicken hearts in there. Just pull out two or three, mm-hmm. maybe four, and then chop them up just like you would a mushroom, mm. right? Because that's kind of what they look like. Yep. So chop them up into like little diced pieces like you would a mushroom and now add it to that saute yeah. or add it to that spaghetti sauce. Once again, no one will know, they'll think it's mushroom right. probably. right. And you can even add mushrooms to it as well, so that way it gets the people even right. more confused. who's gonna know? Who's gonna know, but yeah. the, the, the chicken heart is so mild and it takes on the flavor really well that once again, just keep the ratio down. Nice. And now you're introducing that to your palate, you're getting it into your, your food system, and then um, you can graduate towards making tongue, for example, mm-hmm. and having, doing tongue tacos. And I still caution people, I'm like, look, if that still feels intimidating, then let's just say you're making pulled pork at home, okay?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Po- tongue and po- pulled pork are kind of cooked the same way. Like mm-hmm. if you do it in a slow cooker or a, or a pressure cooker, mm-hmm. just put them both in at the same time. Right, right. You know, and so now you're not just doing tongue, you're adding the tongue to the carnitas. Mm-hmm. And it's, no one, once again, no one's really going to know. Um, will, when you're,
0: will tongue shred like a pork shoulder? Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, we have a great that. recipe on our, um, on our, on our website, eatpluck.com. If you go to the mm-hmm. recipe section, you can look up tongue, uh, tongue tacos. I yeah. think that we have. But basically, what tongue? So tongue, the the biggest intimidating thing about a tongue is that it's got a skin or a sheath, mm-hmm. and it's kind of fun. You know, if you're into social media, you can you know, hold the tongue up to your mouth and be like, pretend you're like Gene Simmons from Kiss or something. Um, You you can take really fun pictures with it to just, once again, to dispel the seriousness of it. Yeah. Because if you're you're clenched, you're going to, you know, you don't want, you want to have some, you know, humor around it so Mm -hmm. that you're not so, um, so overwhelmed by it. But really what it is, that sheath is pretty thick. And as long as you cook that tongue for, you know, about an hour, hour and a half, and you can just cook it in, in, some a little bit of water with some bay leaves and different stuff like that to give it some flavor, onion. Mm-hmm. And once you cook it, that skin just peels right off. You can just mm. do a little slice on it and just comes right off. And what's underneath oh, is the tongue muscle. Got it. And it's very shreddable. It looks like string
3: mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm.
2: And you can, and if you've cooked it long enough, you can shred it. If you if you didn't, you can just chop it. But it's truly amazing. Like people don't realize the tongue is not only more flavorful than muscle meat like in a good way mm-hmm. but it's also more nutritious and here's the kicker it's cheaper yeah. it's the same quality of cow yeah. it's still coming from 100% grass fed cow but it's not just like half the price it's like a third of the price right. of a ribeye or something like that totally. it's like it's incredible so anyone that's like well i want to eat you know from healthy grass fed animals but i can't afford it it's like well just buy yeah. Buy the parts of the animal that no one's buying.
0: I know. Going going back to where this all started, right? <laughs> it was the cheapest cut of meat for, for folks who needed it.
1: It's yeah. putting on, like, your grandma's 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 hat, hats. right. right. <laughs> like, I always tell, like, my fermentation students, I'm like, put on your depression-era helmet <laughs> and, like, <laughs> lean in, right? Uh, it's, yeah. that, it's that same thing. You know, and it, I think this is really inspiring because we have lots of people on different spectrums of how they sort of think about organ meats. But I have to share a success story because I have a client who is for spiritual reasons a vegan. And we've been doing this, you know, his gut is just kind of a high, high mess. And we progressively over many months having conversations about ethical meats and really honoring the animal. And I sent him to like regenerative farm. And I was like, do you notice like the animals don't smell? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> They're like smiling, <laughs> you know, but
2: they have one bad day, as Joel Salatin would say. They have one bad day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so funny because, you know, we've been inching, inching slowly and, you know, really hit a place where grain isn't working for my client's body. And I, you know, we really hit our impasse. I was like, we are at the impasse <laughs> about like how anemic you are how much your body is struggling, this whole thing. And, you know, he was doing some bone broth and, you know, we've been, you know, and the nice thing is there's a lot of companies we can source good bone broth from or like Force of Nature puts organ meats and some of their, you know, ground up meat. If you need ways to inch your way there, people can do that. Um, But, you know, I have to say it was so funny, My, my client. So he came back from the holidays and was like, I thought about everything you said. I took time to look inward, (laughs) to like consult, to like spiritually, like really, because I was like, you have to, this is your, a you decision. I'm not making, I'm not making you do anything. I'm recommending this. And he was like, so I decided to go autoimmune paleo for like a next chunk of time. And he's like, I have not had grain in a week. And my joint pain went away, started going away. And he's like, and now he's eating organ meat, getting like force of nature, like ground chicken with ground chicken hearts in it. And he was like, I have never felt so good in my body. I have energy. That's beautiful, You know, and it was like psh, this big thing. And so it's and it's been interesting seeing how, you know, how we can just change and inch things like sometimes our bodies are screaming, I need something different. <laughs>
2: But you have to but but I believe and this is where I kind of come from the angle I come from it is I believe you have to give the person the dignity of their process with yes. it to get to that. That's, and that's that's
0: why we're calling this peeling back the onion because you you have yeah. to peel it in layers. It's never my layers are
2: not your layers are not Cheryl's layers. Totally. And it and takes you have time. to respect that. You yeah. have to I mean, you know, you talk to most people in uh, the West A. Price Foundation I remember there was once this person doing a talk, um, they were, they were, they had become very famous and they kind of had gone viral around their criticisms of the China study and how incorrect that was and how propaganda ish that was. And they were, they were doing a talk at, at the meeting, uh, the conference and the first thing they did at in the meeting is they said how many of you have ever been vegan or vegetarian and everyone raised their hand mm-hmm. i mean i'm talking 300 people raised their hand wow. so we all come from somewhere yeah and and it's really important that we have to have the dignity of that process because it's that process that leads you to the next thing all i tell people around diet and things like that and i have nie- i have nieces that are plant based and they're i'm you know I, I i have a theory around some of the stuff which i'll share but but I just tell them, I don't like, I'm not like that uncle that comes into their house and is like, well, you really shouldn't be doing it. I don't, I don't shame them at all around it. I'm just like, look, all I ask is that when you are ready to do something different, mm-hmm. that you, you ask questions yeah. because there's certain things that your body is, is like, you're not creating as much hydrochloric acid as you were when you were eating meat. So when you go to eat meat again, you're going to think, oh, I'm not supposed to eat this because I'm having digestive issues. It's like, well, no, you're having those issues because you were plant-based for so long. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, so just all I'm asking is that when you are ready, ask for help. That's all I'm asking. Because that is, it's like, and I, in a sense, that's what I tell people. I say, look, go down the path you need to go down. But all I ask is this is if you start to feel like it's not working, mm-hmm. don't fight that. Look for something else.
0: Yeah. Like and and, and ask, questions. Distress, ask, ask questions. When you
2: start to feel ask questions. Talk. Don't assume like, oh, it must be like, I'm eating plant-based, but I'm so hungry all the time. I just, I, I must be off or something. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, no. Maybe this isn't the diet for you. Right like just keep right. asking those questions and right. don't assume that you're doing it wrong just just keep asking the questions that's right and listen to your body trust your body listen to your
0: body not exactly. the not the commentator not even us i mean good not grief even us. we're just, just,
2: just yeah totally Yep. and i will say like when i was younger i so i grew up in a household where like my dad had flatulence all the time my brother and i did like we all like it just seemed like it was flatulence you know farting all the time was normal and then, you know, I'm in my 20s and that's it. It felt like it was getting worse and worse. Mm. And to the point when I was in my late 20s, I remember I was in this play and it was just so bad. Like I, I, I would be sitting there in this meditative pose and no one could ever hear. It was all like silent but deadly kind of thing. <laughs> but, but like, but it was just like, I remember like some of the guys when the, it was in the play with her, like, dude, you something's wrong. And it's funny at that point, I hadn't connected like, well, I thought this is normal. like I thought that this is how everyone is Hmm. and I was like wait a second no no like I'm eating like this is something I'm eating is not agreeing with me and now I can tell you like my diet's pretty darn clean yeah and I can absolutely tell that when I go off I get more flatulence right but when I'm (laughs) eating clean my body is like it's like hardly anything yeah yeah, but but you don't know until you know.
0: It, well, and it's for and for you. It's it's flatulence. For somebody else, it's it's um, it's bloating, bloating it's or skin issues or, or headaches or runny totally. nose. Yeah,
2: totally, totally. And that's all. I think that's all. I want people to really get is like connect.
0: Yeah, that
2: stuff. Right. If you're feeling he- if you get migraines all the time. That is not a norm. No. Like, that does not need to be a norm. Like, that is, that means that you're doing something because the thing that we're doing the most is we're eating the most, right? Mm-hmm. We eat every day. Mm-hmm. So, that's the first thing you should be looking at. I
0: know. I know. It's, you know, people struggle so much. I think they're just so desperately afraid of feeling deprived and we're exhausted. So, like, good grief. Let me just add one more freaking thing to my list. I have to now I have to like think through every single thing that I'm eating. And so, I think, you know, your whole approach, James, to making it approachable to, you know, to even just having really reiterating to everybody out there that, hey, we have to take small steps like this is just not going to take it's not going to go away overnight, but just know that like you're you're inching towards something and that your health and you are worth every question, every stop gap that you can make to take the next step. Um, so I think a lot of it I, I this is a lot about how I struggled myself and a lot about how I, I've seen clients over the years, um, whether I've been personal chefing for them or seeing them as a coach. Just, you know, this self the self-value, feeling worth stopping, slowing down for and and, and trusting that, hey, I have an intuition here that's right. Um, because we've been told for so long that
2: you know we're wrong we're wrong yeah.
0: and you know what do you know you're not an expert you're not a doctor you're not you know dr oz telling us what's what's next um but yeah so anyway and even
2: dr oz right he's promoting a very specific diet as well once again it's the illusion of health it's like yeah he he's promoting something that he thinks is right but it's really it's like it's well it's what worked for him well it's and like we that's
0: the gimmicks though of our industry i mean i think that's the hardest Battle, I think any of us who are out there preaching, you know, do what works for you. Do what works for you doesn't sell books. It doesn't no. sell, you know, supplements. It doesn't, you know, anyway, it's complicated, right? We, we, we all want to make a living, but we also just want to support people and getting in finding new ways um, in ways that really make them, um, you know, retrain their bodies and their kids' bodies to to, to find health. So thank you. Thank you, you for what you're doing.
3: <laughs> well,
2: yeah, absolutely. Ditto. Um, and mm-hmm. I will say this too, like, um, the, the trend, you know, if you were to ask me, well, what, what you, you did ask me, what do I eat you know, now? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, wh- where I've come in my process is I find that I do eat or I do well, uh, eating, a, you know, good amount of protein. Mm-hmm. I do still eat vegetables because I find when I don't eat vegetables, I just, I like salads, like salads mm-hmm. for me are a really great vegetable because it's mostly water. So I, it's yeah. something I, I'm chronically dehydrated, even though I drink water all the time, but yeah. I, I do electrolytes. I do things to help absorb that water, but I think I just run really hot. So I'm constantly like mm-hmm. needing more and more liquid. Mm-hmm. So eating like salads is great. Cause I'm getting some of that liquid from my food. Yeah. I'm getting, um, some of the little bit of nutrients there, but I find like that's my go to now is like some animal protein and then salad. And then I eat really good fats. Like I eat yeah. some olive oil or I use ghee and coconut oil and tallow and lard. Like I just I focus on good fats. Mm-hmm. I I do find myself gravitating towards more nuts sometimes, but I actually don't advise that. I think nuts can be a crutch and I'm trying to move mm-hmm. away from those. Um for you know specific reasons but it's mm-hmm. like um yeah. but i think there are still ways though if you are someone that likes nuts there's ways in weston a price we talk about soaking them first mm-hmm. to help to neutralize them and there's so there are ways to do that and we have a uh, recipes on on exactly that on uh, eatpluck.com mm. but ultimately that if i were to kind of like Concentrate. Well, what 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 am I truly about food wise? It's really about I want you to eat whole foods. Mm -hmm. I want you to eat real whole foods. Mm -hmm. That's my trend. <laughs> that's my thing. Mother
1: nature, that's as mother my nature jam, intended. I,
2: I want you to move away from those overly processed, packaged foods. Yes, I want you to eat things that are ingredients versus that have ingredients. Mm, that's really, I that's like really Elise. my, yes. that's my thing. Yes, yes, a
0: hundred percent. You and I are very similar in that way, and um I, I, I recognize your path to chefdom as well, and 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 so I can appreciate that a lot. So yes. All right, well, James, it has been such a pleasure to have you, and thank you for helping people further their their next onion layer, uh, as we <laughs> like to say. And uh, Cheryl and I, um, Cheryl, we need to, you know, get together and cook and and have some pluck together. I think that's our next. I know, you step. know what?
1: I so I recently moved to Atlanta, and I have a big mm-hmm. jar of pluck because usually I put out everything, and I cannot find it. Oh no, oh. home, <laughs> our house, and it's funny because even this morning I was like dang it. Like where's my freaking (laughs) plot? I'm looking everywhere. So then I was like, did he get thrown in the freezer? So Mm -hmm. then I just had like a big, you know, voyage through the organ that I have in my own freezer, (laughs) which is mindful. (laughs) Um, but yes, we do need a cooking party. And then Mm -hmm. James, we have a book club. Do you have a favorite book around this topic that you would recommend to our listeners?
2: Oh, wow. Um, I read so many. Well, right now I'm reading Sacred Cow, um, mm. which if you've already done that one, then I can recommend something different. But if you haven't, that's a really good one around regenerative farming and just kind of re- re-inspecting, because like, there is this idea that, that's being pushed, particularly by uh, the plant-based industry. And, and I, it, it, there is... It's sad to say but there is a th- us and them kind of thing and it's and it's not because there literally is an us and them it's we're all human but there are people out there on both sides that put a lot of money towards their perspective and so they create marketing machines and there is definitely a very big one around plant based trying to get people to eat impossible meats and it's they're trying to push it as though it's because it's healthy it's like no no it's because they're invested in it and of they course. need to make their money back yeah but also um, so it's all dollar oriented but um yeah. Sacred Cow is a really great one to dispel all that stuff that, you know, this idea that animals are not good for the environment. It's like, no, they really are actually. And, and here's why. And Sacred Cow is all about that. So that's a great one. Um, there's a, a book that I really loved um, called The Dorito Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great one just to learn how we're being so manipulated by these this industrial food process. Um, yeah, the flavorings Texture. and, and the, the, textures, the, all that. It's mm. it's a great book. He did such a good job on that one. Um, and then I recently read one called Gulp,
3: mm. G U
2: L P. That mm-hmm. that's that's really good. It's a little older, but she talks a lot about organ meats, and um, and it's fascinating. Like um, there was this study that she talked about. Well, it's not a study. It's like the the country put out. This was in the seventies. They put out some kind of like. Um, Whole Food Index and showing people like here's your sources of of good protein, and dog food was in the top twelve I think,
3: mm.
2: and and the reason why they put dog food on there is because there was this kind of uh, judgment or proof I don't know they could never find the proof so they don't know where this came from this but they they were like oh we put it on there because we were under the guise that um people that were poor were eating alpo dog food mm. for their for their sustenance because mm-hmm. it was so cheap
3: mm-hmm.
2: and what's fascinating though is that um when they looked at the ingredients of some of these things well one of the the, the alpo is re- the reason why it was so high on the nutritional index of this this uh, list mm-hmm. was because it had organ meat in it
0: totally yeah it goes back to the cat food analogy. I tell you what, good Lord. Yes. Well, that's good. Um, I know. We, I, sorry, we, we don't have to divulge any further, but those are great recommendations. Thank you. It, it kind of covers the whole spectrum. Um, and it reiterates kind of the gems of what you're doing at Pluck and, and your message. So thank you, James. And guys, if you want to reach James find them on instagram please go to eatpluck.com james you have a personal insta account and a pluck insta account do you want to share what those handles are
2: yeah so for uh pluck just go to at eat mm-hmm. um and then uh you, you know we're on facebook tiktok and instagram all that stuff and then uh for my personal it's at chef james Berry, nice with an a okay and um and there's, you know, constantly putting out lots of recipes and content, but definitely recommend people go to eatpluck.com, uh, whether you order or not, just go for the recipes. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how much feedback I get from yeah. people saying like, oh my God, I did this recipe. It was fantastic. Cause it's not just recipes on organ meats it's just it's recipes using pluck yeah but they're all fabulous because they're whether they're from me or i there's some professional chefs that i get them from as well um they're people that i handpicked that i was like Mm. i want you to do the recipes for this Mm. website because you're so good so and they really are they they did a fantastic job
0: that's great that's great i can't wait to dive into them they look amazing so and cheryl i'm coming over we're having chicken hearts with pluck
1: okay girl let's do it with a nice little dipping sauce
0: yeah man i'm uh, i'm down that sounds great all right all right guys so keep peeling back the onion take care of yourselves and until next time
1: thanks for joining us for another episode of peeling the onion podcast if we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey please leave us a review on itunes spotify or stitcher You can also find us on Instagram and online
0: at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg Dijazoo and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the
3: onion.